welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. John said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Well, hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbrough, joined again by Rachel Jamison. How are you doing today, Rachel? Doing pretty good. All right. Excited to talk about homesteading? Always. It's my favorite topic. Yeah, we can talk about it forever, can't we? (laughs) Well, what's going on at your homestead this week? Anything new? I am excited to say that outside the mailbox, while we were talking, my U-bar came. I got a text. Oh, really? I'm very excited to have my first broad fork. I've been using a uh, pitchfork for years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to be thrifty. I finally spent the money on a U-bar. Yeah, if you got a large garden, those are really nice. You step on them, yes. really pry it up, and save your back a little bit and your arms. And yeah, it's a handy piece of equipment for sure. Yep. Yes. So that's my excitement for this week. Besides tomatoes that I'm not sure what to do with. I was going to say, I see you posted some pictures of some tomatoes. So it looks like you're getting a good crop of those now. Yes. How about you? You know, I'm out. I was looking out the window yesterday, and uh, it looked like my butternut squash are getting really close to being ready already, and I'm kind of surprised by that. I was like, wow, that's kind of amazing. They're already getting close to being done. (laughs) I was surprised that because we're in zone five, I have spaghetti squash that looks like it's almost ready. I think I only have a couple of those out there. They're not looking near as good. I mean, they're not, I'm not getting a bunch of them. They look good. The ones I have, but there's only a couple out there. Yeah. Um, still going crazy with the peppers and the greens and the stuff going to seed and everything else. But other than that, yeah, it's all kind of the same. Uh, those cabbage I was talking about a couple of episodes ago about how it was uh, regrowing back. There, there's uh-huh. about five of them on each cabbage. It's they it's like funniest thing. mini like, Brussels sprouts. They're, they're, they're probably they're about the size of two fists together, probably, you nice. know, they're, they're just right now. And there's like four or five of them. Uh, growing in a circle around on each set of leaves. It's kind of funny looking. I didn't know how it would. You're going to have to post a picture of that. Yeah, I need to go out and take a picture yeah. of it. Although they don't look as good as the first heads because I haven't been taking care of them. So okay. I took the row cover off of them. So the old cabbage moths are starting to get to them a little bit. So they're getting some holes yeah. in them and stuff. So I don't know how good it's going to be. It was a neat little experiment to see how they would grow back, but I don't know how great they're going to be if the cabbage moths keep on uh, tearing them up because I haven't really been out there messing with them too much. and I didn't cover them back up. Well, so. after you said that, I left one of my cabbage and I look, it looks like I might have that started but not as big as you i've got a bunch of little tiny leaves starting in a ring yeah. around it yeah, yeah. well yeah. we'll see yeah cool well, that'd be neat to see yeah we'll both have to put some pictures <laughs> see how it goes. yeah 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 but other than that i seen a groundhog eating part of my garden yesterday but he was eating uh he was eating stuff that i didn't care about so i was like have at it <laughs> i had yesterday when i was at weeding i had a half eaten carrot i'm not sure what ate it it ate the top off of it oh yeah so, 
around and it didn't eat the core. So it just ate around the orange part around it and left the <laughs> top of the core. I, I really don't mind a little bit of pressure with right. things eating stuff. As long as I got plenty, you know, when you start, when they start decimating your garden, then you got problems. Right. But exactly. being, being an urban homesteader, deer are usually the biggest problem with that. And I just don't, we don't have a lot, you know, any that come in where I live. Um, I mean, I would be surprised to see it occasionally, but we never, we never have seen it here. We have a whole herd of them that will come and take your, oh my, one year I had the best beets ever. And in one night, oh wow, they came in and they ate all the tops off. Mm. And then next night they came in and they ate all the beets. Yeah. Deer can, (laughs) deer can mutilate a garden pretty fast. Oh man. I was surprised that I was sitting there watching that groundhog through the window and uh, he cleared out half of a raised bed pretty fast. But I, like I said, it was stuff that there was actually a bunch of uh, weeds growing in there and stuff because I hadn't weeded it and he was eating a lot of the weeds even. So I didn't really care. You're like, (laughs) yeah, he he, he cleaned it out pretty good though. He actually ate some other good stuff, but there was some dill in there and he was eating that. And I was like, Boy, he's got pickle breast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't believe they was, that. Yeah, I know. I couldn't either, but he was eating everything. So he was having a good time. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on around here. I mean, it's it's still plugging away. And uh, like I said, a lot yeah. of things going to seed. I haven't really got out there and started collecting the seeds too much yet, but I need to really get on that pretty soon. We have about a month, five weeks before our last, for our, our first frost date, typical frost date. September thirtieth here. Yeah. Well, yeah, depends. At, here at my house, out at our property, it's the fifteenth of September. So. Uh, well, that brings us around to our topic, don't it? Yes, it does. So, uh, you know, we're going to be wrapping up the old garden beds pretty soon. And uh, what do you do with your garden beds after the harvest? I mean, it's kind of the dilemma we all face when we get to the end of the year. It's like, okay, we picked everything. I got this messy looking garden. What's next? <laughs> and where do you right. go with it? You know, and uh, there's some things you definitely want to do to have a better garden next year. Now, you might continue to to replant some of your garden beds with just some fall crop, but you may not do that in all your beds. You may go ahead and uh, put some up for the winter. You might want put them to bed, so to speak. Put your beds to bed. And um, so, what do you do when you're doing that? Um, where do you where do you start when you when you've harvested everything? Well. Right now, I just harvested the last of my potatoes. Well, potatoes in one section. So I'm going to be um, raking that out. And I actually bought cover crop to put down. Yeah. And it's supposed to rain tomorrow. So I'm hoping to go out tonight after we're done and put down that cover crop. It's not a very, it's like a 105 foot section. Going to put down that cover crop and let it come up and... um, we're, I can't we're gonna, decide what I'm going to do about it. Well, we'll that. talk about cover crops yeah. in a little bit in more uh, detail, but what, what seeds did you get to plant in there? I got, oh, shoot. I got oats and field peas and buckwheat. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to mix the three. Yeah. Get you some nitrogen fixing in there and get you some, a lot of, uh, of, uh, just a compostable material stuff you can break down yeah. and, and yeah, that'll, that'll be, that'll be a good mixture. Um, but you, you said it in the first part there, you kind of have to clean up the bed. You have to rake it out yeah. and clean it up. So yeah, garden bed cleanup is, is a major part of, of uh, taking care of those beds. Now there's some things you can do different there. Like uh, you don't necessarily have to clean a garden bed up because you can actually just take that material, right. cut it up or just let it lay on the beds, cut it down, uh, cut it off the roots, or even pull some things. I like to cut things off the base as long as they won't grow back. If they're a plant that'll grow back, you know, I like to get it out of the ground, but if it's something that won't grow back, you know, we'll go ahead and just, uh, 
cut it off at the ground level and lay it down. You can do that, but I think you do have to be real careful with some things. I tend to never do that with tomato plants because, right. yeah. because a lot of times they can have a lot of disease issues, um, blight and things like that. So I want to get rid of those plants, get them away from my garden, but there's other things too. Potatoes, like you mentioned, can, yeah, can I, blight issues yeah I do not keep my potatoes or I actually don't keep my squash either. Mm-hmm. I have had issues with blight and mildew. So yeah, anything that I've had that, issues yeah. with disease, I, I try to remove, which is kind of sad because you're removing the nutrition that that pulled up out of your soil. But and I, I did years ago had blight with my tomatoes and I didn't grow tomatoes for several years in a row. And then since I've been doing this, I have not had issues with blight. So, so unfortunately you sometimes have to do that. Yeah. Now, if you can get compost piles hot enough, you can right. still compost those yeah. things because it'll kill off any of those problems. But again, you got to be pretty good at doing your compost and making sure you're turning it, making sure you got a good heat out of it. Check those temperatures, make sure they're good and hot because like I said, you want that to die off. You want to kill that. Right. And so far I'm a lazy composter. So yeah, Um, I don't tend to do that very good. (laughs) uh, I had a a bed full of lettuce and it went through um, three cuttings, you know, and I just finally went through there and just cut everything down, just left it lay. I just piled what was left up. Right. Because it isn't a, it isn't a crop you have a lot of issues with. So I just piled it up and that stuff will break down and that's going to break down really quick. Those leaves are pretty thin. They'll break down pretty fast. And, um, yeah, it'll be a nice, uh, put a little bit of nutrients and, 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 uh, material back into the soil and really help it out. I, I also find that, and this isn't a necessity, but if I have a serious pest infestation, I might want to clean that bed up a little bit better too, because they can really hide and lay eggs under brush and things like that. It's not something you have to do because you can just try to create a balance. Uh, you know, the way to bring good bugs in is to have bad bugs. <laughs> but yep. if it gets out of balance and you have too many bad bugs, it can cause you problems for two or three years even until that balance kind of works itself out. So, you know, try to help it. I try to help it out because I don't want to wait that long for things to balance out sometimes. Right. Yeah. We definitely want to keep that diversity going. I mean, you don't want to go in and kill everything because then, like you said, you're killing off the food. I tend to keep crops like we actually will use. We have like a, it's a small wood chipper leaf shredder. Mm -hmm. We get lots of leaves here. So we'll actually run like sunflower stalks, corn stalks. Yep we'll run it through that just to help it break down and we'll put them right back on the beds. Yep. I'll do that with just leaves. We have the leaf hopper on the on yep. our wood chipper and you guys drop the leaves right in there, shreds them up a little bit then chop them maybe a quarter of the size right. or something, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, it'll help them break down a lot faster. Um, but yeah, those are good ideas. And we can talk about that a little bit more when we get to actually. Right. And have you ever, I do, since we don't have anywhere to put things, you got, you have your extra lot now and I don't have compost going on here. I've been kind of lazy. Our garden's small enough that I still was just buying good compost from a local company that makes very good compost. Um, But what we have done before was we've let those plants dry and then we've burned them in our fire pit Mm. instead of, because we don't have anywhere to put them and our garbage doesn't like if you put organic material in it. Yeah. And then we have used the wood ashes before and parts of the garden course we test to make sure we're not yeah. overdoing it well that but, can definitely because yeah. it definitely alter your ph on your soil right. by adding yep. ash to the yeah, yeah which you might want to do in certain places for certain things absolutely but it's something right. good to test yeah. for sure 
Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's something you got to, when you're adding things to your soil. Um, but like I said, clean up. Some people don't clean up. They just cut it down, let it lay there. Some people like to clean them up completely. I think it just depends. It really just depends on your, what you're trying to accomplish and what your needs are. Um, if you have, you know, soil doesn't like to be bare, it's going to grow something there unless you cover it with something. And we'll talk about some other methods of covering it with, but yeah, you can just cover it with plants or you can take that material and take it to your compost bin, get the heat going, really break it down, create a lot of compost, but you not having a compost bin. Yeah. I mean, right. doing it right there might even be a good option. Um, now before <laughs> you even maybe start piling things on there, it is nice to know what you have, your situation. So it's, Soil testing is important. It's a good time to test your soil so you can start making adjustments now for the next year. Right. So, um, in things like the the nutrient deficiencies that it might have or the the pH being adjusted, um, you can add things to your soil that will definitely um, balance that out and get everything fixed you need. Um, pH is pretty easy uh, and, and it's easy to test. You can get you can get test kits right. online. They're you not can get real test expensive. Kit- and I put in the show notes, you can get a yep. actual meter mm-hmm. to yeah. if those, you want to do it electric- over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Those I like. They do work. I've got one. Yes. They're they're flimsy though. The only thing I they don't are. like about them is how well they're made. They work, yeah. but you got to kind of be careful and you got to use them according to the instructions too, because yes, they they can be off. But if you use them right and everything's working right. And right. Careful with it. They work. Um, right. Yeah. They're not built well. I, I haven't found one yet that's built. They're real cheap. No, plastic, they are. The metal's real thin. And but I, they do help if you have to do it in multiple yeah. locations. Like you yeah. have specific things like blueberries or mm-hmm. several different garden beds where you would have to use lots and lots of tests. It does help a little yeah. bit. Save the pocketbook if you listen, if you read the instructions and do it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They so need I to think, send those out in a container so they're easier, to, like yeah. a little box. <laughs> I don't, I don't know because I haven't tried this yet. But some, I've heard a couple of people. I actually read in the reviews when I was looking at one one time, and and people said that they took some um, because theirs wasn't picking up real well, and they actually like took some sandpaper and sanded down those probes a little bit, and oh. they actually read better. And I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying right. I read that in the, I read that in the reviews, and then they worked. Interesting. They, they couldn't get them to work real accurate, and then they did that, and then it worked. I don't, I don't know, but. I thought that was kind of interesting too. So I was thinking maybe this is going to be a totally different sub podcast, but I was actually, when you were talking about reasons to clean up the soil, I have read that exposing the soil does help remediate if you find something in there that you don't want. Mm-hmm. For example, a pesticide or something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Killing it and exposing it to the air actually does help that. Air in the sunlight, probably. Yeah. Would definitely yeah. It helps help it go away quicker. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah. That's oh. a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, there'll be reasons that you may or may not want to cover your garden. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. And, and, and there may be reasons you don't want to put, you know, compost on there right away. You might want to wait till spring to do that if you're trying to accomplish something out else um, because there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, you might want to just try to get some amendments on that. I, there's a book. Here's a, here's two books right here that I was wanting to, um, anybody watching the video can see these books, but this oh, one yeah. is an excellent book. This is called the living soil handbook Ooh. by Jesse Frost. This is, an, one this one is something I think every gardener okay. should probably have on their shelf. This is a really good one. Now here's another one. This one's good. It's different. It's really super technical. So if anybody was wanting to take oh, a, yes, to a whole nother level, 
Uh, yes. This one's called The Intelligent uh, Gardener by Steve Solomon. And it's good, but it's super technical. Like he gets that really one that the intelligent gardener is the one yeah. that my mentor actually suggested. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book. I like it, it but it, it gets into stuff that I don't personally think every gardener needs to know <laughs> really no, honestly. Only, only if you really enjoy that. Well, right? enjoy it. Or say you were, say you kept trying to amend your soul and things just weren't working. Stuff still wasn't growing. Right. right. That book right. goes to a whole nother level. Like there's a, there's a, an actual, um, uh, amendment mix that he has in there that will basically fix anything. I mean, it basically oh, okay. he has in there. Um, I forget what he calls it in there, but it's a, uh, it's his own little mix, but it's years of working things out by adding multiple things to this mix and then spreading it on a garden fixes pretty much any deficiency. But like I said, I don't think it's necessary right. in most cases, no, it's uh, not. but this book right here, this is a market gardener. He he's having to constantly keep that soil, you know, right. doing well, and it's a really, really good book. Yeah. I mean, when you are, so, you know, that's, that's also a good point too. I mean, if you're just growing your one garden crop a year, like a lot of home gardeners will do, just grow their one garden crop, put their beds away for the year. Yeah. You can amend one time a year and you can test one time a year, but when mm -hmm. you're doing like a market garden or you're, you have a small space yep. like I do and you're constantly planting, yep. it's really a lot more important to do yeah, those tests. Because you're depleting you're depleting. that soil. Yeah. 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 And I mean, our whole purpose behind, at least my whole purpose behind growing a garden is for health. I also enjoy it, but I want to get the most out of my yeah. plants. I want my and, plants to have the most vitamins and yep. minerals in them. So to, to have yeah. nutrient dense food, you need nutrient dense soil for sure. Right. So it's not just about avoiding problems. It's also about growing really good vegetable right. quality. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know what, there's, there's times when people have gotten that mess where they've tried adding compost and they tried yeah. you know, and stuff just isn't growing good. You know, it's like, they think they just don't have a green thumb, but it could just be their soil, you know, is so bad that they can't, it, it's right. just, it's missing things that it needs. And in which case you need to go deeper into, to study on that and try to fix that soil. Um, generally, yeah. generally adding compost, adding a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, material to your soil like that. Um, usually that will fix your soil. That'll keep enough things in there and keep it healthy enough to where it's doing well. Um, but there are cases where it doesn't. And that's where a soil test comes in really handy. Now you mm -hmm. made some suggestions, uh, in the notes here, uh, who you've, you've used them as a, for a soil test, right? The one yeah, that, I have used, well, I have, um, Logan little home kit that, okay. that I posted in there. I use that, um, throughout the summer, I will use that. Like if I'm replanting and okay. just things are looking off, but I can't quite tell what's going on, mm -hmm. but I do send into Logan labs. They're, they're actually the same as my extension office here in my Michigan oh, really? okay. extension office. They cost the same thing. And I've used them and, um, I just really like them. And you, uh, you also shared, you say, uh, growabundant.com. They actually will help you read the results yes. and, and what of course to add. that costs a little bit more, but they'll give yeah, you yeah. organic, they'll give you organic amendments, but, um, and in the show notes, I put down, they actually have a good overview of all organic amendments. They don't sell them, but they just yeah. give you a good overview of, different things that fix nitrogen and different things okay. that will help with manganese or, yeah. you know, whatever your soil shows that it's lacking. Sure. It's just interesting to read about all that stuff and understand what it does for your, 
for your garden. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is a good time to do it. If, when you put your beds to bed, yeah. it's a good time to fix those things because then they're, it, it takes a little while for the, your soil to take up those nutrients and, mm-hmm. you know, and things. So doing that in the fall will really give you a, a nice boost for spurring. Get, yeah. Get especially when you use like soil amendments, they tend mm-hmm. to take a little bit longer than maybe like your yeah. palletized feeds. Yeah. They tend yeah, to it, be a little bit slower. Sometimes even just adding it gradually, it can take two or three years yeah. really to, to get soil. Well, and some things you want to do that way. Like when you're yeah. messing with, I, when I first was a gardener, I, um, we have, a lot of oak trees here. So when we moved here, our soil was very acidic. It was just growing moss mm-hmm. and no grass. Nothing. Some blueberries. <laughs> yeah, I should have put in blueberries, but I we over amended the soil with with lime. Mm, ended yeah. up really alkaline. So yeah, you know, you just kind of have to be careful because yep. we made that mistake and we swung too far. Yeah, you can definitely do that. That's why it's better to, to do a little less yep. and then do it multiple times if you need it. Just keep testing. Yep. Keep keep adding if you need it and things like that. So yeah, that's a good point. Oh, and um, steady wins the race ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now you put in here also biochar. We talked about that on a couple episodes yeah. of too, because it's really good for your soil helps. It does a lot of things for your soil. It helps your soil really absorb those minerals. Um, it helps with the moisture. Uh, you know, we talked about that for, dr- for the drought um, uh, right. reasons and stuff, but yeah, I mean, bar- biochar could be something really good to add to your soil as well. Well, you can add it to your compost. Mm-hmm. Or you can add it to your soil. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to be doing some experiments with it this next year. But yeah, I think I will too. Yeah. I think I'm something I'm gonna look into. Um, now, I'm a guy who likes to cover my soil. I hate for the soil. I mean, you were talking about there's a reason sometimes to to not do that. Uh, right. If you have like things in your soil, I can't remember. Do you remember a bunch of people accidentally got? some soil this year that was yeah bad. it was actually uh jess uh yes uh, uh, um sour uh what's her last name uh, is it sours sours yeah they well, i they believe one of the sour. ways to remediate that is to till it and okay. let it kind of it it yeah. will help it go away faster remediates it faster than you know leaving it covered so i would yeah but normally i would never I yeah. really like to have my soil covered. Yeah. Especially it, you spend all of this time and money making your soil beautiful. And mm-hmm. that the reason the cover crop is there is it helps it keep that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we look at modern farming and we see these bare fields, you know, and they're just, yeah. they completely till them under, they kill even bare soil. And you're just getting a lot of erosion, carrying your topsoil away. You're getting, you know, it's just, it's just the sun's beating down on it. Then you get weed issues. Well, they fix yeah. the weed issues by spraying it with chemicals to keep the weeds out. But the small gardeners, we don't want to do that. We, even if we right. could. Um, so, but, you know, by keeping it covered, you're, you're helping the health of the soil, yeah. obviously, because there's breakdown, there's constant breakdown. Um, if you got mulch or any kind of uh, material like that on there, um, uh, you you were talking about the the, the wood chips. What's the what, how do you pronounce that? The ramial ramial wood chips. Ramial wood chips. Yeah. So apparently, in the fall is the best time to put those on after the leaves have fallen, though. Mm. And you so want to give it? You want to describe what that is exactly? The ramial are the ends of the wood so like on an oak tree or a maple tree it's the tips that are two and a half inches or smaller yeah 
And that's where a lot of your growth hormones are, your enzymes. That's where most of your minerals are. So chipping those and adding those to the top, you don't really want to stir them in. And we, I put a link in the show notes for that. So people can read the research Um, from dirt doctor. Yeah. Yeah. That was from dirt doctor. The original research was done out of, I think it's, it was in Canada, but Mm -hmm. you chip those and you put them in and that gives just tons of nutrition to your soil. And then of course, keeping your soil covered also leaves room for your, all of your little animals that are in the soil. Cause we're farming the soil too. Yeah, you know, we're, we're gardeners, yeah. but we're farming the soil. We want all of those yeah. little babies, all those microbes and bacteria. And we want all of yeah, that. And, and, and it does contribute to that. When I was reading that article, the first thing I thought of, and I'm reading what they're describing the branches and stuff, cutting them up, putting them, chipping them up. I'm thinking it's, chop and drop i mean we do that in food force we're chopping right. up the branch yeah. we're cutting off our branches we're chopping them dropping them around and, and right. it's it works exactly the same way it's those pieces yeah. those little bits of, of, of the twigs it's and the stems hips, and, though that yeah. have the most even with like uh comfrey apparently mm-hmm. the very ends have more nutrition than they're yeah. like the rest of it yeah so not that so, you shouldn't use any of it but with right. wood chips apparently once you get to the bigger you have the carbon more carbon which can deplete your soil well the the thing is with the the thing is with any wood chips or or branches or anything like that if you're not mixing it in the soil right you don't get a a lot of it won't really pull the nitrogen it just pulls the nitrogen off the very top of it usually because now if you mix it in though it can definitely um definitely pull nitrogen out of it and and do that but But it takes a lot of the ramial wood chips, you just like boost the nutrition mm-hmm. greatly. And then of course, with my mentor, Craig, we've been talking about using coppice and pollard trees. Mm-hmm. So you can use the same trees over and over and over again. You do not need to get new trees or bring in wood chips. Although it's very labor intensive though. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what my mulberry so. trees are pretty much for because I right. cut them down to a stump every year. <laughs> yeah. And those are, those are like, perfect for that because yeah. they grow back so yeah. easy oh yeah i can't believe how i bet mine grew 20 feet i mean i cut it down to a stump and it's like it grew over 20 feet i would say I know, it's crazy it's it, like willow you cannot get yeah, rid of it it's, it's like once you plant that it is there <laughs> yeah now so i think covering with mulch covering with leaves covering with the wood yep. chips the ramial wood chips is all great idea i think um any kind of things you can put on there, the compost itself can be, you know, uh, you can lay a good layer of that down on mm-hmm. your beds, even for in the fall. But now you may want to fix some problems in your bed. Say you've got a lot of weeds or disease issues, maybe that you're wanting to kill. There's a couple things you can do with plastic that can actually benefit in those ways. You can actually cover your beds with either black plastic or clear plastic. They both do something different. Um, but they both can do some pretty cool things for your beds. The black plastic can do something called occultation. And it basically, it, well, we talked about it. Uh, John Moody and I had talked about it on a podcast we'd done, you know, way back. Cause he wrote that in his book, uh, winning the, the war on weeds. He talks a little bit about it and uh, you have that book. Right That's right. Yeah. I actually gave I mine even away. Have I had one too. <laughs> Well, look at you. Yeah. I know. I should have hit him up. For yeah. A he has, topic. uh, yeah. And a lot of people use, um, 
those old tarps, what do you call them? Billboard signs. Yep. You can use tarps. You can use black plastic. Um, and it'll, it'll do some pretty cool things. Uh, it's similar to solarization, but, um, it's because it's dark plastic, it actually, uh, gets hotter than the clear. Right. You'd think the clear because the sun's beating through it, but it actually doesn't, it actually, you know, absorbs the light and, and, um, holds it against the ground. So it actually gets a lot hotter and, uh, you, you want to keep that down for a few weeks and you can kill the weed seeds. You can actually kill disease in the, in the soil. Uh, sometimes if it's nothing really serious, um, I mean, it can do a lot of good to the soil and you know, it can, uh, it, that alone can prepare your bed. There's some people who just put that on, leave it on all winter. Well, and it's perfect if like, so right now, if somebody's saying, Hey, I just moved into this new spot or I want to expand my garden. I mean, it's great to start a new bed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He'll kill, kill, the, grass. He'll kill the grass. Yeah. Well, both will actually can do that. Um, right. Cause even with, if you do the solarization with clear plastic um, yeah, it, what it'll do, it'll actually germinate the seeds mm-hmm. and, and then they grow a little bit and then they die. Right. Yeah. They, you know, they're, they're being cooked basically, but they, it'll actually germinate them and, and, and kind of use them up. So right. that's kind of cool too. And both are really good for, for no-till gardening. Um, they just both are a little bit different. Like I said, the one, I think if you're trying to kill any kind of disease issues, the occultation, the black plastic would probably be better because it gets hotter. Um, where if you're just trying to get rid of weed seeds, probably the clear plastic would be a better. Do you know if anybody's ever used it to get rid of like um, raspberries or blackberries? No, but I. I That'd be an order. interesting. I don't know. Those things are so crazy. That. They'd probably just crawl through the ground, get past the plastic, and come up somewhere else. Because they're horrible. I've, I've had them shoot up, you know, eight feet away from where you plant them. So. <laughs> I haven't tried it. Now, have you tried yeah. either one of these? The yeah, I've, I've, well, I've, I've done both. Yeah, I've actually had yeah. beds here beside my house. Uh, they're raised beds. And uh, actually, last year, I covered them up with clear plastic. And then the year before, okay. I think I did black plastic. So, yeah, I've... Um, yeah, I've done both on those beds. I haven't done it out in the garden. I the the one I planted this year out in the big garden. I just tilled that because it was the first time I was ever using that, right. and I was in a hurry to get with it. And ideally, I wouldn't have done that. I would have covered right. it, killed the soil, you know, killed the, the weed seeds, killed the grass, went through and and put down my cardboard and my you know, and I would have done like a, a layer, right, like a lasagna, a lasagna garden, and I would have done that. I didn't. I was in a bigger hurry than that. And I just went ahead and went, went for the till. From here on out, it's not going to get tilled ever. Right. Day. I mean, I don't think till is horrible if you're using it, especially the first time and you're yeah, trying first to create time. a bed. And, it, and I Sometimes. think I needed it too because it was some pretty hard packed soil right. and it really yeah. needed it that first time. I didn't need it, need it. Could have done it without it, but um, right. I, I just wanted to get a garden in right there. So right. Yeah. It, were, it, were, it was quick and easy, you know, to get it done. But those are a couple methods that you know, that you can do it and, and you can even do that for four weeks or something, three or four you, with the black plastic. You want to keep it down probably a minimum of four weeks. Cause you're really trying to build up the heat. The clear plastic will actually probably germinate the seeds within just a few days and then kill it right. within another few days. So in a couple of weeks, you could probably pull that off. Right. The, the black plastic takes a little bit longer, Yeah, it which is takes harder if you're a small gardener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the fall though, if you're right. done yeah. with the beds, it's a good time to do it. Like we're, is we're there an ideal to- temperature? <clears throat> I don't know about that. I think is okay. as like as long as John it probably talks about that in his book. Yeah, I think as long as you don't wait till it's cold outside. You know, right. if you're, yeah. If you're doing it in fall after you've harvested everything, and it's, I mean, you're still going to get eighty degree days. You know, in the fall, well, here or maybe not where you. Yeah, I was going to say, well, 
maybe not where you live. Yeah, it might be just above freezing where you live. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we have got, we have we got down to forty four degrees last week at night. Yeah, we actually. Uh, I think last night it got down to fifty. Yeah, here, I'm so. like, oh boy, um, we're already headed there, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it, it comes on quick. A little yeah. too quick for my taste. I not a, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. But yeah, there uh, definitely some other things you can do that are. I mean, we think about plastic, we think, oh, you know, I don't really like using plastic and stuff, but it has a purpose, you know, Right. it, it has a purpose. Right. And, well, and if, if you're, you're doing, doing the, the dark plastic, you can use something right. that's reusable like tarps or whatever. Right. And if you're using that large, I mean, I don't know, we, the large, if you're doing a large area, you can use those billboards, which you're recycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here we tend to use plastic till it kind of starts to fall apart. We try to get rid of it before it does that because we don't want the pieces all over, but you know, there's, yeah. there's I'm, a time and a place for it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I might even try, I might even try a, a, a like both a combination of both um, this year. I actually, boy, the, the, the morning glories in these, the side beds here oh. I've taken over. I mean, they're, they're pitiful. I can't keep up with them. I go out there and I pull them and they just, they're just crazy. And I actually thought, man, I ought to try that. I ought to try doing, just try to kill them with heat. You know, maybe, maybe it would, I thought maybe try to do the clear first and then go back over and put dark down and then try to, just right. cook them, you know, try to get them to sprout, die, and then try to heat them up and do it. And just, just for an experiment. Cause boy, I'm trying really to remember bad. what I have. I have why maybe it's the wild violets. For some reason, my brain is not thinking of what it is, but we, they are spreading everywhere. I cannot yeah. get rid of them. Yeah. The morning glories are just nuts around here. I don't, yeah. I never planted them. They blew in from somebody else's property. Exactly. They're just taken over though. They're, they're nuts. I mean, and these are edible and everyone's like, well, they're edible. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, but my whole yard, <laughs> I mean, well, it, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how it is here. All the beds. Well, what's funny is I told you about that groundhog. That's mostly what he was eating. He was just eating oh, hey, glory, glory leaves. Go. I'm like, have at it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do nothing with you. You can have all that you want. I was watching exactly. him. Exactly. I was like, I guess they're edible because he's eating them. <laughs> I don't know. They are to him. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, those are some things you can definitely do to help a bed out, especially if you got right. weed issues. I actually went around when I first put this garden out here on the side yard, that, that bigger garden that was in the ground directly that I, that I rototilled. I actually, uh, I got my, uh, torch out with the propane tank. I got one of them flamethrower torches. Oh yes. So do and I. I went around and just cooked and cooked. And then I, I turned the soil again and I cooked it some more and I just kept going over. I went over a three or four times with that torch, just, just cooking, trying to cook that soil, try to kill any weed seeds, you know? So have you seen Justin Rhodes did that with his potato bed? What oh, he did, did he? was basically he did the, um, I'm not sure if he did a solarization or occultation. I can't remember which he used, but he covered it mm. and then weeds popped up and then he went over it with the torch. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know. I think a torch, I mean, it's a flamethrower. We have a blast. We kind of fight over that. Like we do the <laughs> power washer, you know, that torch weeder is a blast. Well, I'm going to tell you what, though, you got to be careful with them. I have a friend uh-huh. that just this spring, he burnt his barn down with one. <laughs> He sure oh did. my word. He sure did. Yeah. He caught it. He was going around the edge of his barn and it lit his barn on fire. Oh my. <laughs> it burned yeah. to the we've, not, we've only used it. We have this one area in our walkout basement where there's rocks. And of course the weeds come through there and we'll burn them out of there. But I saw Justin doing it in his potato bed. So he basically got the weeds to pop. He planted the yeah. potatoes and then he covered them, of course. And then he covered that with plastic, let the weeds pop up. And then he flamed all the weeds. Nice. And I'm like, that's, 
That yeah. is smart right there. Yeah. I'm going to be trying that next year. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty, that's pretty cool. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of things you can try, you know, uh, but it brings us down to what you were talking about earlier, which is cover crops, which is one of my yeah. favorite things to do. I like to do cover crops. They can add so much to your soil. You're, you're, you've yeah. got a good little mixture, a little diversity there that you're planting that you're, you got some, like I said, uh, nitrogen fixing with your peas. Um, you're going to have a lot of uh, material that's going to break down and really yeah. help the texture of your soil. Um, plus the soil life. It's just going to feed that soil web really well so yeah i think that having cover crops is a great idea i did an episode all about cover crops a few episodes ago um so you want to go listen to that if anybody's got any questions about that but uh, i'll link up um some articles um about cover crops i I don't think he has it this i actually like this book but it's more of a reference book but um they have a couple of pages in here on what each of the cover crops does, mm-hmm. but it's uh, the Rodell's organic gardening. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. It's yeah. just it's mostly a reference book. You know, it's kind of well, got a little bit of everything in there, but it's it's a really good overall. Try to break it down. I kind of break it down to three different ones that serve a purpose. You kind of got your your legumes, yeah, your non legumes, and your drillers. Your drillers are non legumes, but they will help loosen up the soil if you got that. Yes. So they kind of root the root vegetables. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like daikon. And everybody thinks, well, why wouldn't you want to always use legumes? It's always going to add nitrogen, but you don't always need that. Sometimes right. some plants are better just for the foliage and to break down into the soil. Some yeah, of it, some of it really just feeds your soil. Or it just helps the texture of your soil and the breakdown. Right. Where I'm putting this crop, I specifically i don't necessarily need a lot of nitrogen it's where the chickens used to be Mm, so there's some nitrogen there with the poop but i do need organic matter because it's kind of sandy and 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 then you also have to consider things where you live because yep some things will grow you know you might need a something that's going to grow fast and in in a colder climate before winter gets there for the cover crops and not go to spit, not go to seed. You know, you want to have that delicate balance right. there. We're down south. There's some stuff that's more heat tolerant. You're going to need something that's going to grow better in those situations. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. Um, yes. You can't just say there's one kind of cover crop that fits all because no. it totally depends on your situation. Right. My buckwheat will die before it goes to seed, which I don't want my buckwheat yeah. to go to seed. No, you don't want any cover crop no. to go to seed for sure. <laughs> but it will die. It will die before it goes to seed because we mm-hmm. will get a frost. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some, there's a whole bunch of really good ones out there. And, um, I, yeah, I, I think that they're some of the best things you can do. Uh, well, I'll do the yeah. Harry, uh, Harry Vetch here. I've done, I've done. Yeah. Uh, I was looking wheat. for, so I went to a local place to get these and mm-hmm. they didn't have a great supply. Um, but I was, I was looking for Vetch. And well, I'll tell you what, yeah. um, the best place I've found to get cover crop seeds online is uh-huh. True Leaf Market. Okay. True Leaf Market has, I mean, anything you want and you can buy it in bulk and it's a really good price I'm compared because gonna... when you, when you're trying to buy in bulk from like a regular seed company, it's so much more expensive because you're getting seed packs right. Right, or a pound of it or whatever. True Leaf Market sells really, and I too, I actually buy my microgreen seeds from too. Um, they have okay. some, they have some really good deals on well, all those. I'm going to have to look that up because we have yeah. our acreage I'll, now I'll put too, a link that in we're the... planting, we're planting uh, cover crops on our acreage too. And we okay. have, we have some clay and stuff. And last year, it's a little late now, but last year, the spring, 
we planted daikon in that clay mm-hmm. to try to, like Dr- you were saying, with yeah, the, the cover drillers. crops, trying yeah. to drill it up and break up that soil. And we actually have gone from in two years of doing cover crops, and that's the only thing we've done. We've gone from like clay that you were slipping and sliding on when it got wet to there's actually some grass and stuff growing in there now. So nice. it, it's working slowly. Yeah. It, but again, we want things to kind of work slowly. You want to overdo yep. things. You want it to be a gradual change. It seems to, to be the best, healthiest thing you can do for your soil is to do a gradual change. Right. I'll make sure I drop a, a link in the show notes to the True Leaf Market um, because I think they're, like I said, I like buying seeds from places like Baker Creek and Johnny Seed and things like that. Right. But when I'm buying bulk seeds, when I want like cover crops and microgreens, things like that, I right. go to True, True Leaf Market because they're just, the, they're, they, it's just the, their business model. It's what they do. So. Yeah. And that's what, you know, when you do a cover crop, you're doing, a lot you're not sowing <laughs> a little seed packet. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That get really expensive. You're buying a bunch of little seed packets doing it that way. Right. So yeah. you definitely so, want to buy a pound of seed or whatever, you know, but yeah, those are, those are some of the things you can do. It's so with your cover ways. crop, do you end up chopping and dropping that or do you yes. end up? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I just, I, I let it get right there. I mean, I get it before it goes to seed, obviously. And then I just, right. drop, I just chop it, drop it right there and let it set over winter. And right. um, yeah, it, it does. It does. It adds to the soil. Plus it just keeps any kind of weed pressure out mm-hmm. um, because if it's covered, weeds can't grow. You know, you got a nice thick layer of that breaking down uh, on there. And I don't cover crop every one of my garden breads every year. Cause right. like I said, I, it, it can get actually kind of expensive if you were doing too big of an area with all those right. seeds. But I mean, I'll do three or four of the beds and then I'll put leaves on another one and have leaf mold break down. And, and, you know, and I just do different things on different beds and, and I kind of rotate that around and just kind of that way you get a little bit of diversity in the rotation of what you're doing uh, to to treat those beds every year, too. So works really well. Yeah, I was going to. I don't know if you've heard of this, but my mentor actually doesn't chop and drop his. He crimps them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can lay it down. Yeah, there's people. But he do doesn't that. have like he doesn't have equipment or anything. He just uses a board. His, himself a board or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I might do some experiments, you know, chop and drop or versus, you know doing that but yep you yeah. can and definitely then do that. compost over it, top of it and but here's here's go. the thing with that you can do that with your non-legumes right your legumes you want to chop those because you want the, the the nitrogen nodules on the roots yes to break down into the soil so you you want to just yeah. chop those up and then all that energy goes into the roots and releases those those nitrogen nodules off the roots right good point yeah so yeah that's with your non-legumes like your buckwheat and stuff would probably yes yeah would probably be something you could well, do the with. buckwheat and the like your cereal grains mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so those are some good ways this those are some of the some i think great ideas to do with your beds you just don't want to i mean the, the, i think the worst thing you can do unless like you mentioned earlier there's yeah. problems in your soil you're trying to let the sun and the air get to it in under normal circumstances i think you want to do one or more of these things to your soil um, cover okay. it, protect it, feed it, mm-hmm. um, and, or, or at least try to, you know, get it healthy with oculation or right. solar or, or solarization. So there's just some things you can do. Um, pick what's well, best for is, you and what you need for sure. Yeah. And this is also how you can just hold a bed. If you don't want to plant it for a year, if you just want to let it sit for a year, you can, you know, hold a bed that way. So it's not losing the good productivity that it had because I I mean once in a while I will rest a bed for various reasons disease yeah. or pets or you know sure. yeah get, so. get a lot of blight or something showing up <laughs> you want to just well and I did that for a, you yeah. know I yeah 
So, yeah, like you can do like if you get fire blight, you almost want to let that like that's the worst kind of blight. And if yeah. you get that, you was yeah, you probably want to let that bed or or try to cook it. You know, like I said, you can kill it with the with some black right. carbs or whatever and try to cook it out of there. But yeah, it, it, sometimes it's we might just cover it up with some a black tarp or something and let it sit for a, a year. And yeah. really, because that is something that can be it can be devastating uh, to your garden if it gets out of control and starts spreading around. It, right. Your tomatoes, your potatoes and eggplant. And I mean, it can it can hit a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. pretty aggressively. So those, those are definitely some things you want to consider the the state of your garden when you consider what to do with it in the fall. I'm trying to go to the homestead front porch because there was a, uh, there was something I wanted to uh, mention because I told you, um, well, there, uh, I was thinking about growing Mexican sunflowers, Mexican sunflowers. Yes, because they have lots of potassium in them. Oh, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not even really familiar a, with those. Yeah. They put out a ton of biomass. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking of growing them specifically for um, for af like after potatoes. If I grow a lot okay. of potatoes. One year I was thinking about growing them afterwards and, and then, you know, chopping and dropping them for biomass into the soil. But that's just another experiment to mention why you're trying to find your link. <laughs> well, I, for whatever reason, the homestead front porch is not opening it. Well, here it comes. I think it's just really slow. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Well, I'm, I was going to mention there is the, uh, it's the homesteaders of new England. Uh, it has a, uh, a gathering coming up. Uh, oh, fun. I was asked if I would share it on the podcast by, uh, Brian over at the homestead journey podcast. He got a hold of me today Ooh. and said, Hey, would you mind sharing this? Cause he's part, he's, he's got a part in it. He's helped putting it together and they're having a gathering up there and I'm looking for the information on it. I'm going to have to look at that podcast. I will. I will definitely. Um, yeah, he's been on this show. He was on his show. I was actually on his show once too. Nice. And, um, yeah, he a uh, great guy. They're they're putting the like I said this. Yeah, oh. here it is. It's still trying to open though. Yeah, it's a lot the, of work uh, to put into something. Yeah, it's the it's the new it's the New England Fall Gathering. Oh, September tenth and eleventh. Oh, there you go. You found yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I see it on their uh, vendor application form here. Yeah, September tenth and eleventh at Oak Park in Greenfield, New Hampshire. I think it'll be. I mean, I'm. We did our episode last week about community. You know, yes. uh, this is an opportunity for those living oh, in the yeah. area to be involved in community. And I think it's worth going to something like that because you're going to meet other homesteaders in your area who right. are doing what you're doing. And it just, it just opens up all kinds of doors, you know? Yeah. Really I mean, can. I went to a soil workshop last week and it was fun. It was wonderful to meet people in the community and yeah. yeah. Well, good. Well, that's, uh, that's really all I had to share from the uh, front porch, I think this week, but uh, we'll definitely get the show notes up. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Rachel, before we wrap this thing I up? I don't believe so. I mean, we got a bunch of different um, links that are going to go into the show yep. notes. A lot of articles, a lot of, uh, you know, if anybody, like uh, if anybody has topic suggestions or questions, feel free to email mm -hmm. uh, Harold or myself. Um, yeah, you can find uh, our links to, uh, like Rachel's email. There's a in the show notes at the bottom. There's a little author box of for me and her, and your email uh, box is in yeah. there. A little envelope with your email in it if you want someone wanted to email. At some point, directly. I should probably make a separate email for just this podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, you, yeah. so you don't miss it. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I thought you did that already. No, this is just the email that I use for stuff that's not my. I house use. Computer. I have no secret emails. I have one email, and everything goes to it. <laughs> 
Uh, we have I, one that we've had for too long and it gets a lot of junk mail. So yeah, stuff I, I do. I just do. I have like tags that separate everything. So it, yeah, I keep yeah, track of it that but, way. But yeah. So it, I mean, if people have questions or they have suggestions of things they'd like to cover, um, we yeah. have some ideas we're kicking around behind the scenes and. Yep. Got a lot going on. And uh, yeah, this is, this is a lot of fun. I like talking about this kind of stuff, but I think this is a useful podcast. We're coming up on that time and people, I got to be yep. starting to think about it. Maybe where you're at, you're not, not quite there right. yet, but I'm starting yeah. to think about it. I've got a couple beds I've already cleaned out and I'm already thinking I need to get something right. on those or filled up with something. So. Well, and maybe where you're at, you're heading into spring, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah. There's people down but, in Australia. Uh, yeah. I mean, here too. we're, we're starting to think, winterizing things and stuff yeah. like that. Unfortunately, yeah, so, it happens but, fast up here in the great well, white North. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely probably be uh, aiming our podcast here for the next uh, couple months in that direction where we're going to start covering things. Right. That, well, and then just know. things you can do in the winter, you know, all those things, all those yeah. things. Right, so right, I kind of, so. I rather enjoy four seasons because I get a little bit of a break in the winter to do other things, but I think it's healthy. I think four seasons are healthy. <laughs> But I enjoy <laughs> being able to do things outside year round. <laughs> Some of us enjoy. I mean, we've we've been raised with the snow and uh, yeah. the great white north up here, so we we have learned to enjoy fires and books. <laughs> well, it isn't like Indiana is you know all sunshine, but <laughs> we get our fair share of winter here. Let me tell you, not right. quite as much as you, but it definitely. Uh, I think we're about equal on all of our seasons here. One but, time in the middle of winter, I'm going to have to stand in my garden in my snowsuit and live do a live feed what y'all do is yeah you ought to get like a hoe and act like you're hoeing the garden in snow or something and say i just can't wait you know if i can find it that i'm quite seriously yeah yeah quite seriously there's times when we have five or six feet of snow built up in the yard so yeah 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 we don't get I mean, it's not impossible for us to get that much snow here, right. but it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. It's the great white north. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. You can have it. I'll let you have it. <laughs> it does kill the bugs. Yeah. Yeah, we get we get our share of snow, although nothing like the UP. So when I yeah. say northern Michigan, for everybody's information, I mean northern lower peninsula. I am yeah. not in the upper peninsula of Michigan. You're you're still you're still up there where it's a lot of winter yes. <laughs> for sure. Different, 44th different, parallel. Different. Yeah. It's definitely different. And I, I, yeah. I mean, you're really the zone difference. We're only like one zone difference. I think at your. Yeah. Well, but, see Lake Michigan tempers our winters. So we get that residual heat off of Lake Michigan. Okay. Yep. But our property is actually yes. in more. So we're actually even a zone colder. So we're zone four there. Yeah. You like in a snow belt so we get even more snow there you, you like the challenge huh i guess so <laughs> i'd have bought the, i'd have bought a property a few miles south probably so you tried to come uh we had to be able to drive to work yeah i guess <laughs> well i think we'll just wrap it up there then sound good all right, yep. all right. well we appreciate y'all joining us this week and uh until next week happy homesteading and god bless and grow your planting.